There is no secret formula for better customer service. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can easily support and grow your customer base. Secrets out, everybody. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It is Tuesday, March 7th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litterst, and you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going to be talking about whether premiumization is disrupting the economy. Companies want to sell higher priced goods to fewer customers. So what's that look like and what's its impact? But first, let's take a quick look at what else is going on in the world of business and tech. Let's get crack-lacking. All right, JC, what are you looking at today? Yeah, so when I saw this story, I said, holy smokes. (laughs) Yeah, this is crazy. Marlboro parent Altria announced plans to buy e-cigarette startup Enjoy for $2.75 billion. This was just days after exiting its originally $12.8 billion stake in Juul, which as of last year was worth just $250 million. So just a little flashback. In December, Juul reached settlements covering thousands of lawsuits over its e-cigarette business. The company was totally panned for years for spurring a surge in underage vaping with flavors like mango, mint, and creme brulee. And Juul dropped all U.S. advertising and discontinued most of its flavors in 2019. It's really wild how hard of a nosedive Juul has taken. Well, I'm also looking at TikTok in the U.K. British TikTok execs are reportedly trying to convince government officials there of the platform's data safety plan for the country's TikTok users. The plan, dubbed Project Clover, is called that in reference to data centers TikTok plans to build in Ireland. And the company's $1.5 billion proposed U.S. data safety plan is dubbed Project Texas. And I just want to be one of these people that gets to spend their days figuring out the names for these projects. Right. (laughs) And the last thing I'm following is uh, another hot topic in tech, In an all-hands meeting last week, Google CEO Sundar Pichai defended the decision to have Google's cloud unit implement a desk-sharing policy in their offices. And in this policy, people have to use, I guess, the same desk, but on alternating days in an effort to reduce office costs. And Pichai said some of the offices just feel like ghost towns, and the company is calling its downsizing effort Cloud Office Evolution or CLOE for short, which was totally unnecessary. (laughs) And the office space reduction could incur costs of $500 million this quarter. All right, Rob, what are you looking at? So I'm looking at a few things. First and foremost, Paramount is weighing a sale of BET Media Group, which you might know from its channel BET. It also is kind of like the overarching group within Paramount where VH1 falls. So for all Mm those 80s babies like myself that used (laughs) to completely binge VH1 shows back in the day, that is where it's currently owned. Paramount originally bought BET Media Group for about $3 billion in stock and debt. The company also owns CBS, MTV, Nickelodeon, and Paramount Pictures. They've basically just got this big assembly of 
hit a mountain of entertainment exactly exactly mtv nickelodeon pretty much everything i watched before going to college the move is really intended it sounds like to open up resources for paramount plus the company's streaming platform and interestingly media mogul tyler perry is reportedly in talks to purchase a majority stake Mm. in bet media group love it another thing i'm looking at sirius xm unfortunately announced it will cut 475 jobs which comes out to about eight percent of its workforce a move that CEO Jennifer Witt said was necessary to maintain a sustainably profitable company. And one of the reasons for the cuts is pretty predictable, just broader economic challenges. But one of them that's kind of interesting is a downturn in the auto sector, which is still having issues with the supply chain. And if you have bought a car recently, you probably had an offer to subscribe to SiriusXM. That's where a lot of their subscribers come from. The company has said that they expect to see a small drop in subscribers this year due to those two factors. That's an interesting connection you don't normally think about. Right, yeah. The last thing that I've been looking at is chipmaker TSMC, which makes 90% of the world's super advanced chips, plans to add 6,000 jobs in Taiwan in 2023. While these jobs will be located in Taiwan, TSMC is planning to begin production in the U.S. in 2024 in their Phoenix, Arizona fabrication plant. So likely some big jobs coming to the U.S. on the TSMC front pretty soon. Very nice. Okay, JC, I need you to explain something to me. I heard a word earlier today that I just have absolutely no idea what it means. And (laughs) it seems to be kind of gaining some steam in the national lexicon. What the heck is premiumization and why should I care? I guess I'll start by saying this, and this is our colleague Mark had a good take on premiumization. He said, ever notice that when a neighborhood gets trendier and more expensive, the family-owned bakery down the block gets replaced by some gourmet popsicle store that sells fancy dilly bars for $5 a pop? The New York Times had this interesting piece about how the same thing, the gentrification of everything, or in corporate speak, premiumization there it is. is happening throughout America's economy. So it's kind of just like gentrification, but of the economy. Got it. So it describes companies emphasizing or pushing almost luxury versions of their products and selling them at elevated prices. Now, it's interesting because by attracting higher income clientele, companies believe they'll be able to maintain or even improve upon profits while selling fewer goods. You can consider Rolls-Royce cars. The company made something like $3.2 billion last year selling just around 6,000 cars. That is crazy. (laughs) Right. It's about as extreme an example as it gets. But across the economy, on smaller scales, this trend is also well underway. The New York Times counted 60 mentions of premiumization in recent earnings calls and investor meetings. Krispy Kreme plans to sell fancier donuts in the near future around holidays and other occasions. Smart. WD-40, the lubricant company, rolled out a pricier version of its lubricant with a smart straw. That is amazing. Luxury and WD-40 are two things I never really thought would be in the same sentence. Exactly. So these are some good examples, JC. Are people feeling the impact of this at all broadly? Yeah, so the downside here is that when brands prioritize selling premium goods to higher income consumers, they basically end up providing fewer products and experiences for the middle class, or especially the lower class. And in the U.S. auto industry, for instance, in 2017, 36 car models were available for less than $25,000. 
and that comprised around 13% of new car sales. And last year, the number of models under $25,000 fell to 10. What? And that took up just 4% of new car sales. So obviously, there are some other macro factors in the auto space that are contributing to this. At the same time, if companies fall into kind of a hamster wheel practice of reducing the number of goods they produce and consistently raising prices, premiumization could just help inflation remain high too. So it kind of builds on itself, which we don't really want to see. Now, interestingly, it doesn't always work, right? You can imagine that sometimes the fancy new gentrification ice cream shop that sells liquid nitrogen ice cream and charges $5 for a single scoop and a dollar per topping sometimes closes. Right. In this early stage of this premiumization trend, it's difficult to gauge the long-term effects on the economy or on consumers or just brands' likelihood of success in doing things like this. A good example of it not really working so well is in theme parks. Six Flags, for instance, last year offered fewer discounts while also jacking up prices. And despite a 22% increase in per guest spending, its profits actually went down around 10%. And in January, Disney also walked back on some aggressive pricing moves at its parks, too, that people were really not happy about. In general, this idea is kind of smart, but for a lot of brands, it's only smart if you're only doing it for like a small selection of your products. You still have like your core kind of cheap offerings. I like what Krispy Kreme's doing because it reminds me of like Starbucks does similar stuff. Their kind of core coffees are still too expensive, but they're kind of closer to like the average price of a cup of coffee. Yeah. But then they have these kind of like higher luxury coffee drinks. I agree. I think it's okay when you offer a variety, Mm -hmm. right? You offer the baseline and then you also offer the high end. But when you just focus on the high end and try to just make up for not focusing on the low end by just charging more for the high end and only on the high end customers, that's where things kind of feel a little sketch. Totally. I feel like you can't really back into that. You can't start as just like a regularly priced brand and move upstream. I feel like to be a luxury brand, you kind of need to start there because it's really just kind of all about establishing your reputation. Somebody like Tesla can come out as kind of like a luxury brand and then start dropping prices to make their cars more affordable. Which they're doing. (laughs) It's really, really hard to go the other way. Yeah. And bada bing, bada boom, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Hustle Daily Show, our proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, you can go sign up at thehustle.co slash email. Hope you have a terrific Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work, and it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.